thinking about how many times I passed Jesus and his Eucharistic presence on that campus and was unaware of him. In the process of discerning to become Catholic and being in RCA was the time that I really began to have a deep love and devotion for the Eucharist. The best of the week on Relevant Radio. You're going to love Sister Josephine Garrett. Her story is great. You know, if you're a, if you're a Protestant, turn up the radio right now. If you're not Catholic for lifelong Protestants, giving up ways of thinking about the Catholic Church that have been ingrained in you since you've been born, I know it can be really difficult. That's why I have so much respect for so many of these converts. And then what can make it, I think, even more difficult is when you come from a black Baptist background. Not only do you have to change your understanding of the Church and of Christ, but you also have to adjust to the fact that you're now going to be a minority when you go to worship on Sundays. And that was the experience of Sister Josephine Garrett. She's uh, now a fully professed member of the Sisters of the Holy Family of Nazareth. But she was raised in Houston. She was a black Baptist. And after college, she went on to become the vice president of the Home Loans Division, Bank of America's branch. And then she went on to become a Catholic uh, sister. And it was a long and windy route uh, with the Eucharist as a major part of her story. So I thought I'd have her stop by today and Join us as we take a look at this great Eucharistic revival taking place in the country. Sister, it's so good to have you with us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm delighted to to listen to you and to to hear your story. I thought maybe we can get a little bit of it today, but I know you're going to be uh, making a presentation there as well. Bring us back. You were raised, my understanding, by your aunt and uncle as a Baptist, but there was something odd about your aunt's prayer life. Tell us a little bit about that. Bring us back if you could. <laughs> I love the description is odd. You know a lot. You I do know your a little. Research. You're a good radio host. Thank yes, you. I was I was adopted by my aunt and uncle uh, when I was eight years old, and my aunt is uh, my aunt by marriage, and she is from a country, a beautiful small country in the Caribbean called Dominica which is deeply Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to um, a small Southern Baptist church called Central Garden growing up. And we had family and friends there. And she just really wanted, after losing our mom and dad, she wanted us to feel connected and have community. And uh, that's what drove that choice. But she did pray like a Catholic my whole childhood. I just didn't know that's what praying like a Catholic looked like. So she would pray morning prayer, like liturgy of the hours. I'd be in the car with her before going in the the hospital volunteer in the summer, and I'd be like, what is she saying? And novenas and her rosary. She continued to keep uh, the prayer of the church and devotions of our faith, but I didn't I didn't realize until I was older and encountered these myself as a Catholic. So, yeah. Yeah, your first taste of, of Catholic life was something that you uh, really weren't prepared for, it, right? Did, did you have any idea that applying to go to the University of Dallas meant you were applying to a Catholic college? Because it was an eye-opener for me, too. I thought University of Dallas. I thought it was just some secular university. But I know the people there, and, man, what a great institution that is. I don't think enough people mm-hmm. know about how well they form their students. But but fill me in on that that part of your story. Yeah, I'm very grateful. I remain very grateful for the University of Dallas and the way that they helped to form my mind and heart. But I, when I met the admissions counselor, I met him at a fair at my high school, A bunch of schools were there, and I had no idea the school was Catholic or had a religious identity. He seemed nice. He talked about the type of community that it was. I liked that it was a small school. 
everyone I talked to, they knew I wasn't Catholic. It's probably why they didn't tell me how Catholic they were. And so when school started, I really, and I was 18. I don't know how much an 18-year-old would be present to all that. But so I arrived at the University of Dallas not understanding uh, that it was Catholic and had such a deep Catholic identity. Um, but I tell people it obviously made an impression on me uh, because, you know, I'm now Catholic. Oh, myself yeah, and a sister. It. The University of Dallas, all sophomores have an invitation opportunity to spend a semester in Rome. University of Dallas has a campus built in the outskirts of Rome. And uh, that's what really, I think, initiated a love uh, of the church for me. And just I've started to become captivated during that time in Rome. Uh, You and I both know and we believe profoundly that our Lord is present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. What was your encounter with the Eucharist? I mean, going from a Protestant faith, especially Baptist, when did you first become aware of of Catholic teaching on the Eucharist? And what was that experience like when you were in our Lord's presence? When I think about it now, it's interesting how you ask it, because I remember looking back at my time at University of Dallas and how many times, thinking about how many times I passed Jesus and his Eucharistic presence on that campus and was unaware of him. In the process of discerning to become Catholic and being in RCA was the time that I really began to have a deep love and devotion for the Eucharist. And it was rooted in this like promise to be aware of the Lord in the tabernacle and in his Eucharistic presence. I remember the night after I was received into the church that Saturday vigil, I was walking back. Uh, to our cars with two friends who had come from Houston who were not Catholic. And the three of us were walking towards the Adoration Chapel at that church, and they were on my left and right. And I remember acknowledging Jesus and his Eucharistic presence there and knowing that they on my left and right didn't understand that, you know, and wouldn't think to do it. And I just, I remember thinking in that moment, like, it's a privilege to be aware of your Eucharistic presence, and I want to know that you're there. I think it's been a process of like growing and more and more love for Jesus present in the Eucharist. And so I would say, yes, becoming Catholic, I was drawn to the Adoration Chapel. It was in um, before our Lord in Adoration at a youth retreat where I began to feel called to religious life. So it's been a development. What's your family think when you became Catholic? When I became Catholic, my family was supportive. They'll joke and say, look, there's worse things this kid can do. <laughs> um, but I, it was my aunt. I think it really joined into her own faith journey because she has since returned to the Catholic Church. Wow. She returned to the Catholic Church after my first vows. Oh, wow. So we Praise go to God. Mass together. Yeah, so I think it set her back into That's great reflection on her faith and, and the love she had of the Catholic church growing up in Dominica um, and how to integrate that, you know, living here in America. As my family was supportive. They all came for the vigil. We had a big brunch, you know, the next morning after the vigil. It was even my brothers who were both uh, anti, can be anti-faith in some ways. Even they were deeply moved by the community of faith. So, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. What, a, what an incredible testimony. I love it. You're going to be speaking at the, the Congress. What are you going to be talking about, by the way? I am going to be talking about, in a breakout session, living community and building the kingdom, doing ministry in a context where we're all still in that's the process right. of being healed. <laughs> so building the kingdom in a messy, with messy folks, because we're all, people are messy. We certainly um, are. 
<laughs> and then I'll be speaking at one of the revival sessions on the night of healing on the topic of healing. And we could talk about that in a minute, but let me grab a few phone calls. There's a couple of people who do want to talk to you. Rose okay. is listening in Los Angeles, California. She's a convert to the faith as well. Rose, good afternoon. You're on oh, the yay. air with Sister Josephine. I'm 84 years old, and, and to your lovely Sister Jessier, I'm so happy that you're here. I've listened to Relevant Radio. I've been a convert now for over 60 years. I am the first generation Catholic in my family. I've had four daughters I've raised, and I had a difficult time. I had a struggle to stay in my faith. I was gone for almost 15, 20 years, and the Holy Grace brought me back because my mm -hmm. family didn't want to accept me, and I was converted from being a Baptist. I very quickly became Catholic at 19 years old because I married a military man, wow. went to Minnesota, but at that time, my family did go to church. My dad did take us to this little Baptist church. So when we got there, we stayed with this family who I did not know who they were, but they were beautiful people, and they were Catholic. And so the lady invited, she said, you want to go to church? Well, I said, I'm used to going to church every Sunday. She said, well, come with me. Guess what? I was baptized at the big, beautiful St. Paul Cathedral <laughs> in St. Paul, Minnesota. Well, Rose, at 84 years of age, you sound like you're 34. Your voice energy, is, yeah. is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> and I love to hear, uh, my producer saying she's a black convert, came out of, Bapti uh, out of Baptist faith like you, sister, and entered the Catholic uh, Church. Uh, you know, God's grace is really working. What would you say to other Baptists, Protestants, non-Catholics right now? Because I know many of them think that Catholics are going to go to hell. Right, but um, what would you say to to those who are maybe considering coming in, and what would you like to share about the Catholic faith? Maybe what you found in it. What I found in the Catholic faith was not a departure from the faith that I was raised in. It was a continuation, a deepening, and a fulfillment. And so I know I had the idea that I had to leave things behind, but it. God's economy doesn't necessarily work like that. It's more like a fulfillment, a deepening, a more profound understanding. Of, of, and so that was my experience. And so I really encourage people who are feeling a tug, feeling a curiosity, feeling drawn or attracted uh, to go to Mass and to spend time before Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. It's not a super sensational response, right? And we love our sensation, but it is radical uh, to go to Mass and to spend time before the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament is the most powerful force in the world, um, but that power is born in humility and quiet, and so I think that's why sometimes we can miss it that there is power with spending time before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. So that's my encouragement. Well, sister, I look forward to seeing you in Indianapolis. It'll be fun. I hope you'll stop by. Maybe we can get you back on the air. And, and I know you're going to be talking about healing. Anything you want to leave with those who maybe are suffering right now? Mm, yes, that God said to each of us that we will have trouble in the world. One of my friends said once that this is a promise in Scripture, not maybe we'll have trouble or perhaps, but we all will. Um, but through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, uh, that suffering and trouble will not have the final say amen. in your story and in your life. Amen, amen, amen. Sister, thanks. Mm -hmm. We will catch Thank up soon, you. okay? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. That's Sister Josephine Garrett. Let's pray for her. Now you can join me and listen on the relevant radio app to The Drew Mariani Show live each weekday at 2 to 5 Central. Thanks for listening.